Still Dawson Reese. Guess who's back? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the DOS dissection. Welcome back to episode four. I'm here, joined as always by Reese. How are you, Reese? Pretty good. Thanks, Carolyn. Yourself? I'm good, thank you. It's just a little bit disappointing. We were supposed to have Chanta join us, but he seems like he might have fallen asleep, the, the old fella. He must have fallen asleep in front of the television, but, you know, that's not to be, that's not unexpected from Chanta, is it? I, th- I think it's probably more the falling asleep with the playing computer games, Carolyn. I don't, I don't think he's doing anything else. That's true. One or the other. Well, you could just know that he's not committed to super coach, which might be why he's only got one win so far this season. He really needs to, to get a win in the next round, doesn't he? Yeah, we've, we've been on him a bit this... Uh, I've been backing him in this year. And he's, he's actually got a pretty good team. He's, he's scoring pretty well. He just hasn't got the runs on the board yet. Yeah, he's just been getting unlucky, hasn't he? On the weekend, who was he playing against? Let's have a little look here. Dos Destroy got done by Rod. That's That's... A tough one. That is a tough matchup. Rod is one of the better teams this this season. So he got done by 100 points, but Rod has been doing very well. So you can't be too disappointed with that if you were him, I guess. Yeah, that's right. I think Rod's top of the ladder, isn't he? I, I just had a look earlier on. I think him and Charlie have have scored exactly the same amount of points. So that's, that's pretty interesting. That is very interesting. And let's look at some of the other matchups that happened on the weekend. So me versus Joel was a pretty tight one. Joel got me in the end by 16 points. It was coming down to the wire in the end, um, but he got over the line. So well done, Joel, to get his first win of the season. We like to see that. He was pretty chuffed about beating you for the first time ever as well, Callum. He was happy, and I'm happy for him as well. And then we had uh, Bailey got done by 40 points by you. So that was a good win to you. 2,200 even points. That's not bad. Happy with that. Yeah, pretty good. Only made the one trade. So, um, yeah, it was neck and neck really for a while and it just come down to the last game. So pretty happy to get the chocolates over Bales, who looks like he's focusing a lot more on Supercoach this season. It's good to see. And someone who isn't focusing on Supercoach this season, it seems, is Butcher. He got done by about 200 points by Doss. So Doss had his first win of the season, I believe, um, and got the job done easily over him. I don't know what Butch is doing here. I don't know if he felt sorry for Doss or maybe he's just had a week off. Maybe, as he always says, he's concentrating on draft, but I don't think he's doing that well in that one either. So don't pull your finger out, Butcher. And then the matchup of the round was a one-point margin. Shagger, old Shane, got the job done over Charlie by one point. That's a huge win there. That is an absolute cracking win. And I love that... Uh, Shano, um, as, as always, very modest, just said, oh, you know, it's just a lucky 50-meter penalty in the end that, that got him the win. But um, he doesn't usually say too much on the group, so I take it from that that he was pretty, he was pretty chuffed about it. And so he yeah. should be. Yeah, that's, that's Shagger's version of taking his dax off and doing a nudie run, basically. <laughs> so well done to you there, Shagger. All right, so today the biggest talking point I think we got is the DPP additions, the dual position um, players. So we had our first update, and it's the new rule this year in Supercoach where players actually can get their positions changed mid- midway through the season. I actually thought it was going to happen after round six, but it's happened after round five. And so now we have a, quite a few players, actually around 50, that got their positions changed. But of those, there's probably only a few that are relevant, which have gained either forward 
or defense status. So maybe let's go through a few of those, shall we, Reese? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's go through them. All right, let's start with defense. And I'm just going through the list here. So we've got Dane Zorka was the first one. He's gained defense, which is interesting because he was forward eligible last year. And now he's just gained defense eligibility. And he's been scoring pretty well. I think he's averaging pretty close to 100 this season, but he's had a couple of um, couple of down scores, I think a 50 and maybe a 30 or something, but then a few over 100. Um, oh, he's averaging 86 because of that, but he got, he's got a 116, a 105 and a 133. What do you think of him, Rhys? Yeah, I reckon he's pretty good. Um, I mean, the average isn't like as high as some of the others, but I think with that added uh, defensive role, I reckon... And he's pretty cheap too, isn't he? What's his price again? Sorry, it's not so cheap. He's five hundred nineteen k. Yeah, so that's not. I mean, that's not too bad, really, for someone who can you know push out one thirties. It's just you know, is he? Uh, he's a little bit injury prone, um, so would be a little bit of a risk. But yeah, I quite like it. Yeah, he's got that Achilles problem he's running around with, so he's always got the risk of being subbed out in a game. So it's a bit of a risky pick, but if you want to take a risk, it's not one that is the worst you could go for, I reckon. And then the next one on the list, we've got Nick Dacos. So that's one that most people should have already, but just having the ability to flick him into the back line is pretty handy, I reckon. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, especially if you've got still got a couple of rookies in your team like I do. If you know one of them doesn't get picked or... Uh, having to go down with a bit of an injury, you can flick Dacos back and then play one of the other rookies in the midfield or, you know, you know, maybe trade them in the midfield. But I don't think there's too many rookie options in the back line. So I reckon that's that's real that's really, really handy that. Yeah, for sure. And the next one is uh, another Collingwood player, that's Scott Pendlebury. So he's just gained defense status and he's coming along quite nicely this year, old Scott Pendlebury. He's taken some kickouts when he's in the back, but he's also playing a fair bit of mid-time still anyway. So I reckon he's not a bad option and not too expensive. 535K and he's averaging 104.8. So I think he's one of the top scorers this year. So he's looking pretty nice. Yeah, that's right. And um, I mean, 535, that's that's pretty handy. And I think the best thing about Scott Penelbury is that he just doesn't have bad games. I mean, his bad game is like an 85, 90 game. So, you know, he's never going to have a real stinker and the best thing is that when Collingwood really need him he goes in the midfield and uh, you know more often than not he's going to get ball so he's currently the sixth best defender so that's that's pretty good value I reckon yeah not too bad at all then a few others we'll just quickly brush over maybe not so relevant Jordan Clark gained defense status David Swallow defense status Brandon Ellis gained defense um, none of those are probably interesting to us in classic are they no, nah, not, not really. Maybe in draft, but nah, I don't think they're going to be um, right up there in classic. Then you've got Angus Brayshaw, his game defence. He actually had a massive game a couple of weeks back with 176, I think. But then apart from that, he's only been in the 70s and 80s. So, yeah. If you yeah that's going to be an outlier, that one. Yeah, a bit of an outlier. We've got Bailey Scott, probably not relevant. Uh, Luke McDonald is interesting. With um, Aaron Hall going out for a few weeks, he might take Aaron Hall's... Uh, roll down there in the back line, taking some kickouts and stuff. So it might be interesting, but maybe not for the long term. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a, I don't know about that one because they've been playing Zeebel forward. Um, mm. So I wonder if they'll put Zeebel back or, you know, or McDonald. I don't know. I reckon wait and see on that one for a week or two. 
Yeah, it's an interesting one. And then the last defense addition was Josh Battle. He's now forward and defense, but probably not relevant. And then we move on to the forward additions. So these are the ones who gained forward status. One of them is Darcy Fort. So he's been playing ruck a bit, but he's gained forward. I don't think that's too relevant. Another one, Tom DeKoenig was ruck and gained forward. Both of those probably not relevant, are they? No, I don't think so. But one next one here, Collingwood again, is quite relevant. This is Patrick Lipinski. So he's been playing a lot of mid-time, I think early in the season especially. Um, but I think the last game, he actually didn't get a centre bounce and he's playing forward, but he's still almost tunned up. So it's an interesting one. Um, he's averaging about 99 right now. What do you think of him? Yeah, that's a good one. He's he's the fifth best um, uh, forward at the moment, the Pinsky, at 4.37. So that's that's bloody cheap. So, um, you know, you're looking, uh, if you go higher than him, you got Taranto, Dunkley, English and Heaney are all over like 5.40. So, yeah, that's great value. Yeah, that is great value. I didn't realise he was actually still so cheap because he started quite cheap at about 3.50, but he's still pretty cheap there, 4.37. That is interesting. He's, he's he's gone up seventy seven grand this year, so um, I think only what is it seven point eight percent of teams, so a bit of a pod as well. Yeah, seven point eight is a pod. Still more than I thought would have him, but a few started him, I guess, because he was a cheap mid and thought he was gonna be quite good. But they're they're pretty much lucking out now that he's got forward status because as a mid he probably would have been so so, but as a forward he's definitely got more relevance now. Uh, yeah, and if you were thinking about getting on him, I'd get on him soon because he's probably going to go up in price even more with a break even of 78. Yep. All right, then moving on next, a few here that maybe aren't relevant. Will Hoskin-Elliott, Matt Guelphy, Sam Durham, Alex Davies, Marby Ochoa, Connor McDonald, all gained forward, probably not relevant. James Harms, interesting. I think he hasn't been doing too bad this year. I'm not sure what kind of position he's playing, getting a few CBAs, but not many in that Melbourne side. What do you think of him? Um, actually, to be honest, I haven't even had a look at him, but I think it's pretty hard to score well um, in Melbourne. I think he, what's he averaging? 93, so that's not bad, I suppose. Um, he's, he's around the same price, 479. So I can't see why you go harms if you got Lipinski at 437 or Butters at 450. Yeah, that's true. And then next is Jack Zebel, who's actually gained forward status again. If he were to somehow switch back to defence, and that's guaranteed, you could consider. But I think with what he's been playing the last few weeks, you can't do that to yourself. Yeah, this is really interesting. If he did switch back and start taking little kick-ins again, it probably wouldn't be a bad one to, to chuck in. But yeah, if he's going to keep playing forward, no, wouldn't consider it. And then we've got Kane Turner. I'm not even sure who that is, to be honest, from North Melbourne. Um, and Todd, Todd Goldstein. That's an interesting one. If uh, somehow Sherry was to go down with an injury, it'd be good to get him in. But he's pretty much been playing full forward the last few weeks, it seems like. He got 29 on the weekend. As you would know, you've got him in your draft team. So I don't think you can go yeah, big He's Goldie. been stinking it up, big Toddy Goldstein, as Doss would say. But uh, he had one really good game where he must have rucked most of it or kicked a couple of snags. Other than that, he's been pretty woeful. So, I mean, unless Sherry goes down with an injury, like you said, would consider it. And then a few others we probably won't consider is Jackson Mead, Liam Baker, Noah Bolter, Shane Edwards, Bradley Hill, probably not either. But then this one is interesting. That's Luke Parker. Luke Parker's gained forward status and he's been someone who's averaged about, you know, 
over 100 for the last 10 seasons almost. And he's averaged about 108 for the last four, I think. So he's definitely an interesting option. What do you think of Luke Parker? Yeah, really, really like it. Especially if, you know, like he starts playing a bit more um, midfield. See, he's had a couple of really good games. He started with a 167. Then he's gone 73, 76, then a really poor 139. And then he's coming out with another 123. And I will say, though, that was against West Coast, who were, they weren't even witches' hats. They were that bad. But um, I reckon just give it a week. Just give it a week or two and see how he goes. He's got a break even of 118. So he's not going to go up in price, um, probably go down in price. So I can just wait and see where he's going to be playing because they've got a stack midfield with all them young kids. Um, but yeah, it could be a really good option. Yeah, it is an interesting one. It seems like he's still been playing mid, so he hasn't been pushed out too much. I mean, now trying to give the young kids a run, but mostly, um, what's his name? The other older Sydney um, mid, midfielder. Kennedy. Yeah, Josh Kennedy. He's been pushed out a bit more and playing forward, but I feel Luke Parker's still in there, got the role. He's just had a few bad games. I don't know why. He got that 39 against North Melbourne, but I'm pretty sure he's still playing midfield, so... Yeah, it's an interesting one. But I feel like he does that. He has a lot of good games, really high games, but then he has some shit games throughout the year, but he still averages around that 105, 106, which is, you know, still good for a forward. Yeah, the other thing too is if Buddy's, um, you know, out for a little bit or, you know, he doesn't come back in, I mean, they've got Heaney kicking goals and then, you know, their midfielders, they've got Parker for I mean, he kicked five goals in the first round, he kicked two last week. If he's going to kick his two or three, yeah, he might be worthwhile if he's going to stay in the forward line. Yeah, interesting one. One I'm looking at for sure. And then moving on, we have a few more. So Zane Cordy, probably not relevant. And then Libba. So Libba's gained forward status. He's the last one on the list too. He's gained forward status. And that's another interesting one, I reckon. Um, seems like the start of the season, he wasn't really getting many mid um, centre bounce attendances, but it seems like he's starting to get back there. What do you think of Libba? Yeah, yeah. Um... I read somewhere, or maybe I heard it, that Bevo was thinking about playing uh, the Bont forward more um, throughout the year, which means, you know, Lib is their number one extractor, really, uh, him and McRae. So if that is the case, um, yeah, I reckon he's a great option. And again, he doesn't usually have too many really poor games, um, a lot of contested possessions. And when they need him, they send him in there. So, yeah, I reckon that's a really good one. And he's, uh, what's his price? Uh, He's 5.21, so a little bit expensive, but you know he's going to be consistent. Yep, for sure. So that's it for all the ones that gained defence and forward. Maybe we'll just look at a couple that gained mid who were defence or forward because we can just talk about what their role has been like getting some midfield minutes. Um, some of them are a bit interesting. So the first one I see here is Jordan Dawson that sticks out. So he's been averaging pretty well, I think, over 100 and pretty consistent um, at the Crows there. I think he's playing a bit in defence and a bit in mid, so he looks like a good option back in defence with his new role. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I haven't really looked at him, but I did see that he was scoring uh, reasonably, reasonably well, um, and I don't think too many people would have him if, if you. He's kind of doing a bit like what George Hewitt's done, you know. He was more of a defender, and he's changed clubs and he's you know gone to the midfield. So if he keeps up that role, I reckon it's pretty pretty good. Yeah, and then, and then we've got Zach Butters has gained mid, so that's not a surprise. He's been playing a lot of mid. 
Dan Houston as well as Game Mid. I think he's been playing on the wing and a few people might have him as a pod. He's been looking quite good as well. Would you consider Houston? Um, probably not. I know a few people have already got him. Um, but again, I'm not sure what, what are the averaging. I'm just trying to bring him up. He's averaging 104.8, but that's from a massive game in round one. He got 144. The rest have been sort of 90s-ish. Oh, that's not too bad then, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad option. I don't think too many people have him. And then Jack Sinclair is another one. So Sinclair is someone you're interested in bringing in, I believe. What do you think of old Sinclair getting the midfield minutes at the Saints? Yeah, really, really like him. Um, I'm considering getting him in this week because I have um, Aaron Hall's injured. So uh, watched him, I watched that St. Kilda game on the weekend and he was awesome. I think he had about 35 disposals. He was across half back, but in the midfield as well. And geez, he's got a massive tank on him. So, you know, he played pretty much the whole game with not, you know, not too many cells on the bench. So at his price, I reckon he's a great one to chuck in your, in your back line with the option to, you know, fill a void in the midfield if you need it. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of that, so that covers about all the DPP changes, I think. So yeah, Aaron Hall, a few people might have him. Maybe we can look at a few replacements for him. Um, so some of the top options, I'll just go through from top to bottom here. George Hewitt, like you mentioned, I was thinking about trading Whitfield to him like you did, and I'm regretting that I didn't, but I couldn't actually make it work either. I would have to, to, I think, trade. Oh, no, I could have actually done it, yeah. I could have made that trade. It was another trade I couldn't make. So sort of spewing a bit that I didn't do that. I would have had to use a boost that round, but looks like it was a good option. He's the top averaging uh, defender so far after five games at 118. Pretty happy you traded to him. Yeah, pretty glad I didn't listen to you on that one, Kalen. I think you were trying to talk, to, talk me out of it. A bit as well. But, but, but you said it on the was I really did want to keep um, Lockie Whitfield. Uh, the only reason I didn't is I had to make another trade. So I needed a little bit more money. So Hewitt was a good option and it turned out all right for me. Yeah, definitely a good option there. And then there's a the doc. The doc is back, I think. He got an 86 on the weekend, so a bit lower than he has been. But I think he's a pretty good pick for anyone looking for a defender. Yeah, that's his lowest score of the is it his lowest score? No, second lowest score of the year. But uh, with his role, uh, he's always going to get ball and he's a very efficient user of it. So, you know, you're going to get 90s to 100 out of him most week, weeks. Yeah. And then Sinclair is actually the third highest defender at the moment, 115.6 average. We talked about him. Fourth is actually Jeremy McGovern. He missed on the weekend. I'm not sure if that was for COVID protocols or what, but it'd be interesting to see if he can keep that up. And then you've got Tom yeah, Stewart. Yeah, Tom Stewart. Yeah, he's a really he's been killing it. I actually reckon he's probably the best defender going around at the moment, Tom Stewart. Um, he takes a lot of kick-ins as well, just like the next guy on the list, uh, Stephen May. They're very good users, take a really good intercept mark, and you know, they kick a lot, which is really handy. So um, I don't know whether you can trust Stephen May every week, but I think you definitely can with Tom Stewart. Yeah, Tom Stewart is a solid pick. It's just the price. Depends what price you're looking at, I suppose. Tom Stewart's 572 already. And then you've got cheaper options. Sicily's been looking pretty good at 106 average. Um, Witherden, actually, at number seven there. Uh, I did have Witherden in my draft team, but then he had a shit game and I decided to trade him out, which I probably shouldn't have done. I think Butcher picked him up at the end. 
Um, but he's the seventh highest averaging defender now. So he's an interesting one as well. Yeah, all of these guys are, you know, 520 to 570-ish. Um, the only cheaper one is James Sisley, who is only 505. Um, I can't entertain the thought of him because he's a flog. But, yeah, the rest of them, they all look pretty solid picks to me. Yeah, I think it comes down to price, what you can work with there. But, yeah, you can't really go too wrong in defence. There's a lot of options there. There's yeah, what, how many players Scott, there. Scott Penelbury, Dan Houston, Jaden Short, Crispy. You know, they're all – your top 12 are pretty damn good there. Yeah, for sure. So that covers Hall. I think the next topic that a few might want to talk about is Rao, what we should do with him. So I've got him in my team. He's been frustrating. Um, and I'm thinking of trade him in at, trading him out, upgrading him to either someone like a Parker, um, just put him in my midfield for now, swap him forward later, or to a primo mid, um, such as a Petrarca, or one of the young boys, um, such as Bailey Smith or Tom Green, I'm considering as well. Do you have Rao? And what are you thinking of doing with him? Uh, no, I don't don't have Rao, thank God. Um, I'm not sure what he's priced at, but I assume you're probably going to have to find a little bit of extra money somewhere along the lines. But, you know, a lot of these good midfielders are pretty much out of out of range now. You know, your Neils, McRae, Trark is pretty high. Um, the one I'd probably get would be Tom Green or Bailey Smith, like you said. They're, Tom Green's 547, Bailey Smith 522. And they've both been killing it. So I think either of them would be a really good pick. Um, the other option is you can probably, I don't know if there's any downgrade options, but yeah, you could probably maybe downgrade or play another rookie and try and upgrade somewhere else. Yeah. Petrarca was another one I'm looking at. He's a bit more expensive, 575. He's had a couple of down games, but he's looking okay. Um, yeah, the rest, like you said, are a bit more expensive. There's a lot above 600K, which you don't want to touch. Ben Keys is like 590,000, but I don't know if he can maintain his form all season. I probably would stay away from him. Yeah, I think we touched on Keys a few weeks ago, and Bailey and Avid uh, Crows fan said, yeah, you know, he's going to get his 35 touches a week. He's just, he's not that, he's not that effective with them, or maybe they're not hardball gets. So he's, I don't think he's got a massively high ceiling. Saying that he averages under 21, but someone like a Petrarca, if I was playing against Petrarca, I'd be really worried because you know he can pull out a, you know, 150, 160. So, um, you know, the price difference is actually that Petrarca is cheaper. So, yeah, that'd be my option. Another interesting one is Took. Took Miller is now below 600K, he's 593K after he had a 76 a few weeks ago, then a 105, 107. And I see a few things floating around that he's just not tackling this year. A few people accusing him of he was playing for a, a contract last season and now he's not that interested. What do you think of old Tuki Tuk? Can he get back to his best? Oh, it's a really interesting one because he started as a tagger, you know, tagger's tackle, left, right and centre. And now that he, maybe he just thinks he's, he's a bit better than everyone else now that he's got his all-Australian Guernsey. Um, honestly, I'd be a bit worried. After I watched uh, GWS tag him out of the game, you know, I think other clubs would have taken note of that and gone, well, you know, he's susceptible to a tag. So, if, you know, Gold Coast looked like they're getting away from us, let's tag. So, I think that would be the only thing that would hold me back from getting him. Yeah. It's one I want to consider. It's one I thought I'd want to bring at the start of the season. But 
Now I'm a little bit hesitant. Still probably want to bring him in. I still think it could be top eight to 10 mid, but just with a bit of caution maybe there with a grain of salt. Yeah. That'll do for some row replacements maybe there. But the next one I, who I think a few people are thinking about trading out and you are included is Grundy. What do you think of Grundy and his performance lately? Uh, he stunk it up big time on the weekend. I, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I read an article today. He didn't take a mark or lay a tackle in that game. So, you know, mate, when you're getting paid a million bucks a year, you've got to be doing a little bit better than that, putting a little bit more effort. But, I mean, quite honestly, there's not really that much to go to. I mean, if if you haven't got Tim English, I'd say, yep, trade him out, get Tim English in. That's probably the smart one to do. Gorn is... Uh, 639 and averaging 170, but most of that's off the back of one massive 160. Uh, I think I was talking to you earlier on, he's only had the three scores over 100, but Grundy's also had three scores over 100. So, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's not really a lot of options to go to unless you want to go like a Pruce or maybe um, one of the rookies play some of the rookies like Sam Hayes with his first game on the weekend with Lysette out. I can see him probably playing a little bit more or, you know, keep rolling with Jack Hayes. Yeah, me personally, I wouldn't be trading him out just yet. I still think he's going to finish in the top three rucks up there. He just had a really bad game on the weekend, unfortunately. I'm not sure what you attribute it to, um, except just a bit shit performance. But yeah, Gorney as well, still questionable with his role. He has been doing pretty well the last couple of weeks. Wits was a good option at his price, but I wouldn't bring him in right now, even though he is the third highest averaging ruck at the moment. So it's just a bit... um bit unsettled in the ruck department right now i'd say just hold grundy though if you if you have him for now i mean yeah would... and like i said some of the rookies have been playing all right um if you've got if you're running with the rookies that's just to say keep them for now um sherry especially and um hayes and of course uh, sam hayes has also played his first game on the weekend but maybe one to look at is Brody grundy in the next few weeks if he starts playing all right he's going to drop price you know a fair bit. He's projected to drop 20k after this week. So you could get Brody Granny for just over 500k maybe in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that is true. And you know what's interesting is um, Bruce is obviously a big trading target this week. I'm going to try and trade him in just because of his break even. It's ridiculous, negative 90 something. So I'm going to put my Timmy, put Timmy English down to the forwards and uh, trade out a forward rookie to bring him in likely. But uh, how would you like to have started with Bruce and also another guy who's probably going to become number one ruck and that's Max Max Lynch. I think Max Lynch is in line to become the number one ruck at Hawthorne now, another 200 ker because uh, old Ned Reeves went down with a shoulder dislocation, might need surgery. It would have to be a genius to start those two in the rucks, wouldn't you, at the start of the season? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really funny is Doss did start and said we need our words, but he's traded them out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a cracker. <laughs> A, I don't know if he's still got Max on his bench or not, but if you held Max Lynch, you're an absolute genius and you should be uh, credited massively for it because he's going to be playing Soul Ruck for probably yeah, the next five or six weeks. We would be eating our words, but he has traded them out. Um, so unfortunately, I think that means Doss has to eat his own words or his own actions. And he's got Proust out. I don't know if he actually traded Proust out and then brought him back in. Maybe he kept Proust all along, but... He did trade to Wits though, and Wits oh. is going okay. So it's not a not a bad not a bad result in the end for him. I'm just going to bring up Doss's team because they're really going to have a look at this. He chops and changes his team every week. I don't know how many trades he's got left, but it, it'd be a 
His team is actually looking okay. Um, but yeah, we don't know how many trades he's made. That's the thing. He's got a few pods in there though. He's still got Darcy Byrne Jones, interesting, averaging 83. And he's also got Dion Prestia averaging 86 in the mids, another interesting one. So he likes to have a few pods in there, the old DOS, which is good. It's always good to mix it up and have a few pods. Just don't be playing vanilla every season. Yeah, well, we haven't really had a look at Doss's team over the last, uh, well, because we, we had a bit of a break last week. We were all a little bit busy um, with other commitments. But, I mean, Doss's team isn't too bad. He's got a 2256 on the weekend. That must have been pretty high um, over, the, over the whole comp. But, yeah, he's rocking Jack Hayes at the moment. And can't even see who his other ruck is. Oh, yeah, Bruce, he's got Bruce in there. I think he has wits, unless maybe oh, he's yeah. traded. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's wits, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, no, Maxie Lynch, unfortunately. He's also got Luke Jackson in the forwards, which is um, interesting, but it's been working out. He's been killing it, even though he hasn't been and main he's, ruck. He's also got Dixon as well. So, he's, he's got like five rucks in his team. <laughs> Loving it. It's the season of the rucks. Yeah. On your dos, mixing it up. All right, so maybe the next topic is just to talk about some rookies. I think there's just a couple to talk about. We already mentioned Proust. I think you've got to bring in Proust really. Um, hopefully his name just sole ruck. He might still ruck with Flynn, but even if he's named as the, as the double with Flynn, I think you've still got to bring him in if you can. The other option for the ruck is Sam Hayes. He's only played one game, but he scored 75, I think, with Lysette out for a fair while. He's going to be number one ruck at Port. So next week we'll have to look at him. Yeah, I watched that game. He was pretty good. Um, he was rucking against Pitnet, a bit to Coning as well. So he did a ride as the, the sole ruck. The only thing about him is he doesn't have a massive tank on him. So, you know, you imagine he gets a little bit of game fitness under his belt over the next couple of weeks with, I think, uh, license out for about six or seven. So, yeah, I reckon he'd be, he'd be pretty handy if you, if you need to downgrade someone. Yeah, chuck him in. And then the last one is just Rosas from, from Gold Coast. I think he debuted last year, had a few games, didn't average very high. That's why he's only at 130K. But he's come out and scored a 74 and a 75, and he's got a break even of negative 71. So he's going to make a bit of cash. I'm just thinking whether I bring him in or not. He could come out and still not score very high. I think he's just playing in the forward line at Gold Coast, and he could always get dropped as well with the Gold Coast. You never know. So I'm not sure on him. Do you reckon you're going to bring him in or...? Give him a miss. No, I think I'd probably give him a miss. He's playing the four line. He kicked a few goals, which probably inflated his um, scores a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, you know, he has a bad game. I can see him getting dropped. So, yeah, I don't think that's a – if you've got nothing else and you need, a, you need to downgrade this week, yeah, by all means. But otherwise, no, I'd probably skip. Yeah, agreed. I'm looking at that Proust um, trade in first and then another – performing mid or forward. I think Rosas, yeah, like you said, if you need a bit of cash and a downgrade, you can consider, but otherwise maybe it's okay to skip as well. Who are you downgrading to get Proust then? I'm trading out... Uh, who is it? Let me bring up my team so I can remember. I'm trading out Jackson Mead. So he had a pretty bad score on the weekend. He might even get dropped. He's made a bit of cash so far, about 90K or something. So I'm just going to chop him. Um, so it's not really a downgrade. It's pretty much not making much cash to get to Bruce. But yeah, I'm just trading him out for Bruce, and then I'm getting rid of Rao for someone else, uh, uh, more performing mid or forward. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. 
And then Timmy to the forward line, yeah. Yep, swinging Timmy English into the forward line. Yeah, see, that works if you've got a Timmy English or one of those DPPs you can flick to the forward line. But if you don't, I can't see you'd be dropping a Grandy or a Corn. I mean, I've still got Royal Marshall, and I can't, I'm not really going to drop him, Bruce. You know, Marshall got a 124 on the weekend and looked pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll, I'll just have to leave Bruce. You can't get them all, so leave that one. Yeah, right. Who's on your bench for the Rucks right now? Uh, I've got Sam Hayes on the bench. I've got Jack Hayes in the forward line. Now got mm, Tim Hughes so in got... the forward line. Sound, sound like Doss. I've got five Rucks. And I've got Grundy and uh, Marshall. Ruck. Yeah, right. So you've already got Jack Hayes in the forward line because a few people probably still have Jack Hayes in the ruck as well. So they'll probably sw- they can probably swing him forward. Um, yeah. But if you already have him in the forward, then yeah, tough to bring him in. Yeah. All right. I think that does it for most of our topics. And then we've got the questions section. Uh, some people's favorite part of the show. So we've got a few questions this week, which is good to see. Uh, the first question we've got here is from young Joel. Joel would like to ask, if Chanta loses this week, is that a line through his season like Essendon? Well, it's good he's acknowledging that Essendon are about screwed this season. Um, but he's also saying Chanta is pretty screwed this season. What do you reckon? Is, is Chanta out of it or can he pull himself back? <laughs> if he loses well, we this week. this a little earlier. He's, he's scoring all right, Chanta. He just, I don't know, he just doesn't have the winning culture built in his team. So I don't know, I don't know what his answer is. I, just bring up who's playing this week. Um, but yeah, he's actually he's playing Joel of all people. So um, there you go. And they actually projected to score very similar. So this could be a, maybe the matchup of the round. So yeah, I reckon. And Joel just got his first win on the week on the weekend. So this is this is a make or break for both of these teams. So yeah, I reckon if whoever loses this one is pretty much done. Yep. Fire that back at Joel. So whoever loses this, their season's pretty much done. We're calling it here. And yes, Essendon is done as well. Yep. In case you were wondering, Joel. They're going to be more done after the Pies beat them on Anzac Day. <laughs> and Joel Excuse has another question. And ask for see, see if they want to have a carton on that one, Kalen. Yeah, I'm pretty confident, actually. I might do that. I'm not, sure, not sure how Butcher and Joel <laughs> would feel, feel with that one, though. We'll get some messages going throughout this week, though. Joel has a part two to his question, or a separate question. He says, what the fuck is going on with Grundy? And that is a good question. And that's something we've just talked about. But don't worry, Joel. I think it's just a, an outlier, a bad game. Apart from that, he's been doing okay. Not amazing, but he's been getting over 100 most games. So I think you don't have to worry too much about him. What is up with him, though? I mean, he was pumping out huge scores all the last three years. And then this year, he just looks like he doesn't even try. Yeah, it is true. I'm not sure. I mean... Could be a combination of our midfield being shit, young players in there, so he's not getting the hit-outs to advantage, um, I guess, maybe getting them sharked by other midfields. So that's probably one part of it. Um, but the same could have been said last year, and he still scored 115 last year, so don't know why the drop-off yeah, from last true. year. But we'll, see, we'll see if he can rebound. I mean, yeah, Lions on the weekend, great midfield, so probably sharking a lot of hit-outs from him. Um, so we'll see how he goes in the next few games. Wait and see. Wait and see. Yep. And then the next one I've got here is from um, Ben Giles. He sent this question through Instagram, though. Um, so Ben Giles has said, will you like to start make massive gains today? 20K guaranteed profit, just one week trading. Town goods, just contact 
at Jenny underscore mental underscore Forex now. I surprised and very happy with results. DM her now to trade and earn also. Okay, that's very interesting, <laughs> Benny. Doesn't sound the way I usually talk. Thought you're more eloquent than that, Benny, but um, not, not very not very super coach related either, Benny, but um, okay, we can go check her out. If, if, if you have guaranteed profit of $20,000, that's always interesting. I'm sure our listeners are interested in that as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that, Reese? You're going to hit up Jenny Mentor Forex? I don't know. This, this, this sounds like uh, Jezza to be honest. It sounds like Jezza's been uh, on the on the having a couple of beers with uh, Benny and and they've turned him into Jenny and started sending out a couple of messages. I don't know. It sounds pretty, sounds lucrative. That does sound lucrative. I'd be a bit cautious, but if it's coming from Benny, you know, if it was from anyone else, I'd be yeah. questioning a bit. It's from Benny. So, yeah. He's a trade okay. expert. So, you know, if it's coming <laughs> from Benny, sorry, Jenny, Jenny must be some whiz if they have to mentor uh, Benny Giles on, on trading. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty good. 20K, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. It's interesting that it's Benny and Jenny. Maybe they're working together on something. <laughs> Benny and Jenny Jewel. Very interesting. All right, thanks for that tip. Thanks for that tip anyway, Benny. We'll, we'll look into that. And I've got a question here from another member of the Giles family, Alfie Giles. He's just said, I've just traded in Tex Walker to compliment my eight other Crows players. Was this a good move? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Texas, he scored a 107 and 116 the last two, first two games of the season. Is he a good option? I actually think he is a pretty good option, the big Texan. <laughs> I think he's kicked nine in two weeks since he's come back. And there's really rough one, a uh, few feathers there on, on the weekend, especially Trent Cutchins. Um, and, and by the, the AFLs too, by his comments. So, yeah, I reckon big Texan's not, not a bad one to trade in, Elfie. Um, it's probably just the other eight or nine cruise players you have in your team that'll let you down. But uh, I must say, I really do like Elfie's um, coaching. He's ruthless. He's ruthless on the trade button, and if they don't perform, they're out. Absolutely. We like to see that from Elfie. Brings a bit of flavour to the draft comp. Although his classic comp, yeah, I wouldn't like to see what his classic team is because it's probably all Crows players. It's probably just the, the general Crows. I always, always like it when uh, Elfie dusts um, Benny on the matchups. I think everyone goes for Elfie when they match up in Benny. Yeah, absolutely. You got any questions there, Maurice? Um, no, no, no questions from me this week. Um, if we're done with questions, okay, maybe we can just quickly run through the matchups for the next week, this weekend. Yep, let's take a little bit of a look at those. Let's just bring them up here. So we already highlighted the one, which was Chanta versus Joel. That's the matchup of the week. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I think I think I'm going to have to back Chanta here. Sorry, Joel. I think you'll be pretty spurred on by your comments. So yeah, I think I have to back him in. Yeah, I'm going to back him in too. And then we've got a huge one at the top here, which is another potential clash of the uh, clash of the round, top clash of the round. That's me against you. So this is a big yeah, one right here. this is – our teams are quite similar too. I was just looking and projected very similar. So this could be maybe a captain call or maybe the last last game of the round. So, hmm. yeah, and, um, very, yeah very another, another win will be pretty nice for, for my uh, – setting me up for the buys. But, 
Yeah, one for you will put you right up there as well. Yeah, I needed them on just two wins so far. So I would definitely like to get a third and you're going for four. So come down to trades, whatever trades we're doing, you've got to trade haul out. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that one shakes out. Best of luck to you. You too. And the next one we've got is Butcher versus Bailey. Is this where Butcher can turn his season around with a little sneaky win over Bales? Yeah, um, only, only the 15 uniques in this game. Um, <laughs> Not many. <laughs> yeah, only the 15. Bales has some pretty out there picks, but in saying that, you know, I only beat him by 40 points on the weekend. And, you know, some of his picks like Charlie Kuno kicks five and, yeah, it's just some of his players are real hit and miss. So you could have a stinker or you could have an absolute blinder of a game. So uh, I'm going to back in Bales here because Butcher seems to be off off the boil this year. I don't know what he's doing, but he's, it's not super coaching. Yeah, that's fair enough. But I reckon I'm going to have a Butcher. I'm just, I'm just backing Butcher in. got a feeling about Butcher this week. I reckon he's going to get, get the job done over Bales. He's consistent, Butcher. He'll lose three, win two, you know, keeps himself in the eight, and that, that's about all he ever manages to finish. Yeah. And the next one we got here is Shagger versus Rod. This one has very few uniques. I think only about six here, it looks like. Um, so it's going to come down to just those few players on, on who wins it, and possibly the captain, captaincy, who they choose to captain. Yeah, this is... This will probably be the match of the round, I think, because, um, you know, Shag has been really, really good this year. Um, one point win on the weekend. And I just had a look earlier on between first and I think it was fourth, there's only like about 115 points difference scored. So that's pretty close. Um, Shag is obviously right up there. Uh, but I think Rod's a pretty experienced super coacher. I think he'll get the W here. Yeah. I think I'll back in Rod as well, but it will be close. And be interesting to see what trades they make throughout the week to make their teams a bit different there. Let's see. And then the last one is another big one. That's uh, Charlie against Doss. Can Doss stay on his hot streak or will Charlie say, hey, mate, calm down there. This is, this is the big league now. Charlie, you may as well have a week off, I reckon. This is, this is like playing West Coast. Um... <laughs> I can't see Doss getting within Cooey of him. So Charlie is absolutely on fire this year. Uh, I think he's still top of the ladder and got the most points scored. So easy one for Charlie. Yeah, I reckon so too. Sorry, Doss. You never know with Doss. He can just pull one out of his ass every now and then, but I reckon Charlie's just going <laughs> to get, get the chocolates this week. I think we're going to have to get Doss on here. I think we need a bit of a, a Doss section. Um, to get him on and you know, give yeah. him a chance to explain himself. We remember having him on a couple of weeks ago, pulled out the last minute. He's done a bit of a hair doss on us. So if you're listening, Doss, uh, we care about you and we want you on here and we're, we're trying to help you improve. That's right. I'm thinking of you, Doss. Maybe we can try to get both Doss and Chunter on. That'd be good. We can. Uh, oh, that'd be interesting. See the banter between them. I'd, I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to sit off and just listen to that one. Absolutely. We'll just let them go at it. We'll be the guests. <laughs> Challenge to right. both of you and Chanta Doss. Get, your, get yourselves on the pod. Let's make it happen. All right. I think that's just about all we've got time for this week. Thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. And thank you, as always, for joining me, Reese. No worries. Best of luck to all the coaches this weekend.
Best of luck. Bye for now.